1: They're so grateful to join with you today, wonderful, wonderful opportunity to to deepen our spiritual practice together, so grateful to open our hearts and open our minds, so grateful and so thankful to begin with a prayer like we always do. Taking a breath of love and gratitude, we're grateful and thankful to say yes. (sighs) Let's place our hand on our heart and say that yes and take that breath together. So grateful that love is all that there is. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remember and recognize that our true nature, our true identity is the love of God. It's all that there is. We're grateful and thankful to consciously choose to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and so thankful to allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. Grateful and thankful to say yes to divine love, intention, spirit, In gratitude, we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we're accepting our healing time together as powerful and radiating throughout every area of our life. We're grateful and thankful to simply allow the healing to be. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. (sighs) Yes, indeed. What a blessing. What a blessing indeed. (sighs) So we're consciously gathering for the purpose of our healing. We're the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love even though we might be not gathered at the same time. And I absolutely love that we're able to do this. Yes. Uh, Our topic this week is abundance and prosperity. Abundance and prosperity. Now, A Course in Miracles does not really speak directly using the words abundance and prosperity. It's not what A Course in Miracles is about. It's about not just abundance and prosperity, it's about love and compassion and beauty and wisdom and freedom and wholeness and harmony, clarity, all of the spiritual qualities and experiencing all of them all of the time. This is what A Course of Miracles is about, recognizing them as what A Course in Miracles calls the great rays. So it talks about seek first the kingdom, which is within, and all else will be added unto you. So we are allowing ourselves to recognize that part of the kingdom is abundance and prosperity. So when we seek to know that the kingdom is pre-installed, then we begin to recognize, so is abundance and prosperity. That abundance and prosperity, like wholeness and freedom and joy and peace and harmony and wisdom and clarity, all these spiritual qualities are unconditional. They're omnipresent and omnipotent and and omniactive. They are our true nature. Uh... Course of Miracles, one of my favorite things it says is asking it is given because it already has been given. And this is one of the clear messages of the Course that everything's already been given to us, so we don't have to look anywhere but within. One of the course uh, teachings is that we keep looking outside of ourselves and seeking and not finding because we're not looking in the right location. Now, I, I've been a spiritual counselor for 16 years, and by the way, right now it is my absolute joy and pleasure to be training spiritual counselors. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's so fulfilling to support people who would like to improve their listening skills and communicating skills, their connection with God skills, and earn continuing education units or continuing licensing units or people who would simply like to be a spiritual counselor or think they might like to be a spiritual counselor. So I'll just mention that uh, I have an intensive training in in September in England and then I have one in November in Thailand and you can find out the information at jenniferhadley.com off of the events page. But this this is so, so much an issue for so many people. I've learned that as a spiritual counselor, that abundance and prosperity are one of the major issues that people have come to me for counseling about. And uh, people, and I am i used to be one of them, <clears throat> have patterns of lack and limitation operating in their mind. And so pervasively, it's... Uh, really super habitual. And uh, to me, I often describe it as being very sticky. These sticky mental habits of choosing lack and limitation, lack and attack. And of course, if we're thinking attack thoughts, we're going to immediately start to diminish our experience of prosperity. So one thing that I think is really helpful to understand right out of the gate is that people can seem to be abundant and prosperous in the world. In other words, they can seem to have money. They can seem to have wealth. But that doesn't mean they have abundance consciousness and prosperity consciousness. Because I've known many people who were multi-millionaires and what did they worry about the most? Money. So because their mind was so focused on money, they manifested money, but they didn't feel they had enough, and they were worried and concerned about it. So they got to experience and really know firsthand that abundance and prosperity do not make you happy. They do not make you feel fulfilled. They in no way correlate to your happiness. They really don't. Although it might seem that it's easier to be happy with money than without. I totally get that. But I've just seen so many people who had plenty of money who were so much unhappier than, dramatically unhappier than people who had very little money but who were quite happy. Because I've known people who were quite happy and, and had very little money. But they had enough. And had a lot of love. A lot of love. So they were very prosperous and abundant that way. And their needs were met. And you know what else? The people I've known that didn't have much money, who were very happy, one of the very obvious and distinctly noticeable things about them were, A, they were tithers. And they were generous. And they shared what they did have. They shared what they did have, and they enjoyed sharing what they did have. Very, very noticeable about the people who didn't have a lot of money and who were happy. So there are some very clear signs for you. If you don't have a lot of money and you're not happy, believe it or not, one of the ways to transform that is to start to share more, be more generous start tithing. But you can't do it in order to get. So that's one of the main things that people don't realize about tithing and also about the way the universe works. If you're giving to get, it's an affirmation of lack. If you're giving to get, it is an affirmation of lack. And because if you were, if you're giving from the overflow, if you're giving from generosity, you're not in need. You might say, "Oh, I could use some more." Yeah, most people would say, "I would like some more. That would be nice, having more money in the bank and more assets and." things like that, most people would say, oh, yeah, I'd like to have more. But it's the needing, wanting, craving that turns into manipulating giving to get that becomes painful. It always comes back because everything that we experience in our life is a projection. It's a manifestation of our thinking, so when we're giving to get, what are we thinking? And I'm going to invite you now to just take a moment and see if you can scan your relationships. Could be work. You're giving to get a paycheck. Could be with your spouse, with your children, your grandchildren, your parents, your friends, your lover. Who are you giving Your time, attention, money, care, stuff, too, in order to get something from them. It's really worth contemplating, so let's just take a moment here for that. Yeah, it's, it's really worth looking at, really worth looking at. Now, in, in, uh, in the Course, it says, in, and this is uh, in the, the lessons of the Holy Spirit, it says, To have, give all to all. To have, give all to all. And I think a lot of people skip over this. Because it's the lessons of the Holy Spirit. So it's chapter 6, section 5. And in uh, the... um, Hang on a second here. Yeah, paragraph four. uh, It says, to get the. Oh, no. Sorry, I'm a bit technically challenged today. (laughs) You you just got to go with it. So, the first lesson of the Holy Spirit is to have, give all to all. And. And, and Jesus warns us in that section 5 of chapter 6 in uh, section B3 uh, that he says, I said that this is apt to increase conflict temp- temporarily, that this thought of giving all to all. But let's, let's break it down. What does that mean, give all to All. Well, the all, the first all, is give everything that you have. Now, everything that you have is the spiritual qualities that I was talking about before. It's the love, it's the peace, it's the harmony, it's the joy, it's the freedom, it's the compassion, it's the wisdom, it's the clarity. It is the abundance and the prosperity. So give it in your mind, because that's where it counts, it's, it's really the mind that's in the heart. In your heart, give it to everyone. So in other words, hold no opinion or judgment that somebody else is lacking wisdom, that someone else is lacking joy or freedom or clarity or harmony or wholeness or beauty or truth. Instead, see everyone as having the kingdom pre-installed. Everyone already does have everything and our job in this world is to recognize it. That's the seeking only for love. And teaching only love is to recognize that everybody has everything already. This is the greatest gift that we can give to our loved ones, is to surrender all the judgments and the opinions, the meaning that we make of things, the interpretations that say they're experiencing lack. Because, and this is critical to understand in terms of your prosperity and abundance, if you'd like to understand prosperity and abundance, and you'd like to manifest it and experience it, you have to understand that it is a God give, these are God-given spiritual qualities that you can either express and be in the flow of and share and know and understand and vibrate with, or you can block them. Just like love and joy and peace and harmony and freedom, all of these spiritual qualities have already been given to us. A hundred percent. This is one of the main messages of Course in Miracles, that everything already has been given. So when we're asking for divine assistance from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, we're asking to have clarity of what already is. We're not asking them to give us something. There's nothing more to give us. It's so valuable to understand this. There's nothing more to give us. The fullness of the kingdom has already been pre-installed within each one of us. The only reason that we don't experience an extraordinary flow of abundance is because we're blocking it with thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. How do we surrender the thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation? That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is... Surrendering the meaning we've made of it, surrendering our interpretation of it. So to have, give all to all. This is what this is the first lesson of the Holy Spirit. This is the first lesson of the Holy Spirit. To have, give all to all, in um, the section five of chapter six, paragraph four. It says here... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go to paragraph 3, where Jesus says to us, A wise teacher teaches through approach, not avoidance. He does not emphasize what you must avoid to escape from harm, but what you need to learn to have joy. A wise teacher is going to focus on what you need To have joy. You need to learn to have joy. And this is the other thing that a great teacher, a wise teacher can give us. Is a wise teacher can teach us how to learn. How to learn. So, it says... Consider the fear and confusion a child would experience if he were told, do not do this because it will hurt you and make you unsafe. But if you do that instead, you will escape from harm and be safe, and then you will not be afraid. It is surely better to use only three words, do only that. This simple statement is perfectly clear, easily understood, and very easily remembered. So consider that too. This is great parenting advice and grandparenting advice. Instead of telling people what they shouldn't do, tell them do only that. This will lead to happiness. This will lead to the direction you would like to go. Do only that. The simple statement is perfectly clear, easily understood and very easily remembered. It says, The Holy Spirit never itemizes errors, because He does not frighten children, and those who lack wisdom are children. Yet He always answers their call, and His dependability makes them more certain. So, one of the ways that we train ourselves to recognize that God is real, the Holy Spirit is real, is that we call upon the Holy Spirit to help us. And as it says here, His dependability, the Holy Spirit's dependability, makes us, the learners, more certain. The more experience we have of the Holy Spirit answering our call, the more certain we're going to feel. It says children do... Confuse fantasy and reality. And they're frightened because they do not recognize the difference. That's certainly true. The Holy Spirit makes no distinction among dreams. He merely shines them away. His light is always the call to awaken whatever you have been dreaming. So no matter if you're dreaming in fantasy or dreaming at night, you're dreaming this world, the call is always to awaken. It says, nothing lasting lies in dreams, and the Holy Spirit shining with the light from God Himself speaks only to what, for what lasts forever. To have, give all to all. When your body and your ego and your dreams are gone, you will know that you will last forever. Perhaps you think that this is accomplished through death, but nothing is accomplished through death, because death is nothing. Everything is accomplished through life, and life is of the mind and in the mind. So this is one of the things that we can think of. There are religious groups that think that the accomplishment of transcending lack and attack and limitation is going to happen through death. And what Jesus is telling us here, it can only happen through life. So it's how we live our life that we transcend lack, attack, and limitation and begin to experience heaven for real, heaven for real. We can't experience heaven on earth. We can. And in fact, that's what the teachers of God are for, bringing forth that new heaven and the new earth. So it says the body never lives, neither lives nor dies, because it cannot contain you who are life. We're everlasting, eternal life. The body is not designed for that. It says if we share the same mind and we do, <laughs> you can overcome death because I did. Right? I, he said when he walked the earth, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I have come that you have may have life and have it more abundantly. He says, death is an attempt to resolve conflict by not deciding at all. So, it's very common that people just think, well, I'm just going to keep going until I die, and then once I'm dead, all this these problems will be over. It says, like any other po- impossible solution to ego attempts, it will not work. Like any other impossible solution to ego attempts, it will not work. It will not end the conflict. So the way to end the conflict is while you're experiencing life. Now, going back to abundance and prosperity, the giving, to have, give all to all. Give love to all. To have love from all. To experience the having of love from all. This love is all there is. We're going to have love whether we recognize it or not. But we'd like to start recognizing that we live in a field of perfect love. So in order to do that, to have that awareness of love, give love to all. Give all love to all beings all the time. To have the experience of prosperity and abundance. Have, really have it. Give all to all. if If you'd like to experience patience, give it away. If you'd like to experience kindness, give it away. If you'd like to experience abundance and prosperity, be in the flow of it. Because these spiritual qualities, abundance, prosperity, wholeness, harmony, you see it applies to all of them. I focus on abundance and prosperity because people come to me with this issue all the time. But I would love for you to recognize that all spiritual qualities are essentially live streaming all the time. They're always available to us all the time. There's no lack or limitation except in our mind. That's where our life is really happening. It's in our mind. And we do share the same mind with everyone. So, bye doing this work in our own mind, we're changing the world. This is how we change the world. And this is what A Course in Miracles teaches us. Seek not to change the world, but to change our mind about the world. And that's how we change the world. It's really not about changing the world. It's about changing our mind. So we're changing our mind about abundance and prosperity. Going to go deeper after the break, which I'm looking forward to. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk on Unity Online Radio, and I will be right back.
0: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk.
1: So, uh, (laughs) abundance and prosperity is our topic this week. And I'd just like to share with you a couple of things that are coming up before I forget about them. And uh, I mentioned that I've got the spiritual counseling training intensive in England in September. Uh, Right before that, I have my sacred sites tour in England. We're going to do Salisbury. Stonehenge, Glastonbury, Avebury, and Bath. It's going to be so much fun. We've got a small group. We're going to hit the road together. Spiritual sightseeing. I'm, I'm loving it. And that's immediately followed by my spiritual counseling training intensive, which is open to anyone. So we will have professionals who are coming for uh, continuing education and licensing uh purposes but we'll also have people who are totally new and it's amazing i've done a couple of these and they are one of the best things i've ever done one of the most healing transformative and fun things i've ever done so i'm really looking forward to doing that we will be in salisbury in early september now you can still join us and then i'm doing one in thailand in november I'm also doing a self-love and extreme pampering retreat in Thailand in November. That's a week-long retreat. And we have an option to add on a few days of fun sightseeing in Bangkok, and some beautiful temples, some places there that we can go and visit and make prayers. And then uh, also in October, I've got so, two retreats in North Carolina. I've got my Living A Course of Miracles retreat in North Carolina. So we're going to dive deep with A Course in Miracles, and uh, it's a great way for new people who are new to A Course in Miracles to uh, really get clear about it, and uh, one of the things that I hear all the time about what I offer is people who have been studying the Course for decades often tell me that uh, what I offer is extremely helpful to them, so I'm sure the Living A Course in Miracles weekend will have New people and people who've been around studying it, the course, much longer than me. So I find that's often the case. And then the following weekend, I've got forgiveness retreat. So if you are really challenged with forgiveness or you know someone who is, you might invite them to come to the Art of Living Retreat Center with me in North Carolina for the forgiveness retreat. It's going to be profoundly healing. I am looking forward to that. And then my New Year's Reboot retreat in North Carolina at the very end of the year, starting the year 2017 like a rocket, <laughs> spiritual rocket. So that will be fun. Yes, indeed. And if you missed my Living a Course in Miracles series that I just did, you can find it at jenniferhadley.com or com. It's the 10th Living a Course in Miracles series we've done. It's all completely free. And uh, we invite you to make a love offering donation uh, so that we can keep offering it free. And then we have the previous nine... Sets of Living a Course in Miracles uh, classes, which have seventeen classes each, and those are uh, for sale. And those help support the ministry, so I encourage you to take a look at that. It's a great way to make a contribution and have uh, something that you can really use. All nine of the other previous living, all ten of the Living a Course in Miracles series have been excellent, if I do say so myself. So those are some announcements for you. Back to abundance and prosperity. So, that's the first lesson of the Holy Spirit. To have, give all to all. And Jesus tells us in uh, section 5, paragraph A6, this is a very preliminary step to have, give all to all. And the only one you must take for yourself, only step you must take for yourself, is to to step into this, to have, give all to all. This is, uh, this is the first lesson of the Holy Spirit. He says, it is not even necessary that you complete the step for yourself, but it is necessary that you turn in that direction. Having chosen to go that way, you place yourself in charge of the journey where you and only you must remain. This step may appear to exacerbate conflict rather than resolve it because it is the beginning step in reversing your perception and turning it right side up. This conflicts with the upside down perception you have not yet abandoned or the change in direction would not have been necessary. Some remain at this step for a long time, experiencing very acute conflict. At this point, they may try to accept the conflict rather than take the next step toward its resolution. Having taken the first step, however, they will be helped. Once they have chosen what they cannot complete alone, they are no longer alone. All right, so we don't want to get stuck at this first step and experience acute conflict. So if you are experiencing acute conflict, it might be, Hey! You can start to celebrate now, because right here, it's going to tell us how to get out of that conflict. So first, we have to take the first step. We have to be willing to say, I'm responsible for the world I've created. I'm not responsible for everything In the world, in the sense that I didn't, of my own individual thought, create everything. It's the collective mind, the one mind. But the thing is to understand, we can't separate ourselves from the one mind. So the easiest path to healing is to take responsibility for all of it. I know that sounds conflicted, but some people, when they start to take responsibility for everything that they see, they, they move into blame, and blaming never helps. To Quote, quote Thich Not Hanh, blaming never helps. does not help in any way, shape, or form. And there is a clear, distinct difference between taking responsibility and blaming. So the first step is we take responsibility. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, and we put the Holy Spirit in charge. We have to be the ones who put the Holy Spirit in charge. If we, don't, if we start to recognize, oh, I've created everything with my mind. Oh, I'm to blame for all of this. Oh, then we start to feel alone. We're not in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And that's where we can, could get stuck and experience very occlu- acute conflict. So the next paragraph, which is B1... To have peace, teach peace, to learn it. All who believe in separation have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. All who believe in separation have a basic fear of retaliation and abandonment. They believe in attack and rejection. So that is what they perceive and teach and learn. These insane ideas are clearly the result of dissociation and projection. What you teach, you are. But it is quite apparent that you can teach wrongly and can therefore teach yourself wrong. And then Jesus tells us, Many thought I was attacking them. Even though it was apparent, I was not. An insane learner learns strange lessons. What you must recognize is that when you do not share a thought system you are weakening it. Those who believe in it, therefore, perceive this is an attack of them. All right, so let me clarify this. This is really important. So, when we share the ego thought system, we strengthen it. When we pull away from the ego thought system and only think the thoughts we think with God, then we're weakening the ego thought system. And those who perceive that we're pulling away from the ego thought system will perceive it as an attack. And haven't most spiritual students experienced this? That when we start to think differently, even if we don't judge anyone else, even if we don't point it out to them, they can begin to perceive it as an attack. I've definitely had that experience where I've had very close friends pull away from me because they're saying, I just don't know how to be friends with you anymore because you, you bring everything back to God and everything's not about God. Everything's not about God, Jennifer. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know what else to say because I, everything is about God. What else could it be about if God is all that there is? But even people who will intellectually say they believe God is all there is, they will say, look, everything's not about God. Just saying. That's the conflict. So I've had people who I love very much, still love them, who love me but felt too conflicted being around me, they didn't want to look at everything as being about God. That was not what they were interested in. And I understand that. What are you going to do? You love them and you know absolutely, unequivocally, that you are one with them eternally and forever and that there's no way to end a relationship because how are you going to do that when you're one with them? It's not even possible, so we just have to get over the thought that it is possible. So we identify with the thought system that we believe. Let's identify with the thought system of infinite abundance and prosperity in order to have prosperity. So practicing being loving, being patient, being kind, being generous is the key to abundance and prosperity. Now, I'm going to share with you some practical things that I learned along the way. Some of them I learned before I came to A Course in Miracles, and I think that in part it's because of my learning uh, that uh, I was drawn to A Course in Miracles and that it made sense to me, uh, for the most part, right out of the gate. I... I used to really struggle with poverty consciousness. I used to really struggle with that. I had so many thoughts of lack and limitation. Now, I'm 56 years old. I was born November 28, 1959. So the, the baby boomers went to the end of 1959. I'm one of the last of the baby boomers. Right? Right at the end of November there. And... My grandparents lived through the Depression. My parents were raised by people who were very, very poor in the Depression. Very, very poor. And, you know, no shoes. That, that poor. And um, uh, on my maternal, my paternal, grandmother's family came from Ireland during the potato famine and then went through the Depression here. So we had a lot of poverty consciousness trickling down in the family. And what I notice is that I am I, I used to have that consciousness so ingrained in me, and more than my brother did, because my parents, when I was born and when I was a child, my parents had very little money. They were both teachers, and they had just very, you know, we were lower middle class lower lower middle class like I can laugh and tell you some stories my my first bicycle that I had when I was about six years old my my father found a bicycle at a garage sale cheap and so he bought it for me but it was way too big for me I couldn't even ride it I couldn't sit on the seat I had to learn to ride a bike without being able to sit on the seat <laughs> That was so hard. That was so hard. And um, But, you know, my dad was trying to save money thinking I would grow into the bigger bicycle. And I get it. You know, I totally get it. And um, when uh, we got to be a little more prosperous, we would start to go out to dinner on Friday nights. And for a long time, dinner on Friday nights was McDonald's. And if it was a really good night, we got to go to Baskin-Robbins. So we just didn't have a lot of money. You know, my parents had a table, uh, bookshelves, and a coffee table that were made with cement bricks and a board. You know, that's the furniture we had when I was little. But, hey, we had enough food to eat. You know, we did. And um, things got better as we went along. And we, I don't remember at all, not for one second, did I remember feeling poor when we moved to nicer neighborhoods, so we lived in housing projects and things like that, my parents were social activists and very involved in the civil rights movement. And so um, we lived in low-income neighborhoods, not just because we were low-income, but because my parents were in service in those neighborhoods and part of that community. And um, But as we became more successful... I remember particularly we moved to Rhode Island, and um we didn't have as much money as a lot of the other people in that town uh, and uh but I just i we had enough we had enough, but in my family. I learned to be extremely conservative. If I left the lights on, if I left the room, and I didn't come right back within, an, you know, ten or fifteen minutes, and I didn't turn the light out, I get fined a quarter. That was when a quarter was really a lot of money. <laughs> so I'm obsessive, or I was obsessive about turning off the lights. And now I'm—it's just, just such an ingrained habit to always turn off the lights if you're not coming right back. And to conserve electricity in all kinds of ways. And my my grandfather, I can remember going grocery shopping with him when he was 80 years old. And by then he was a multi-millionaire. Because he worked really hard and he made a lot of money and he was a big tither. One of the things about my grandparents was they tithed so much money to the church that they would get audited every year, and they would have to bring in the shoebox full of their canceled checks and prove that they had really given that much money to the church. But my grandfather used to say all the time, the money you give to the church, it costs you nothing. costs you nothing. That was his way of teaching me about tithing. And I love it. It's like, it's... God's taking care of you, so it doesn't cost you anything to give you whatever you give to the church. It's uh, a true understanding of abundance and prosperity, and I'm so grateful for that, because my grandparents were not proselytizers. They were Christian, they read the Bible every day, and uh, it was certainly a focal point of their life. Jesus was extremely important to them, Uh, but they, they never tried to talk to me about religion. That was my business and my parents' business. My parents didn't go to church, except sometimes with my grandparents. and But I will always remember what my grandfather said. The money you give the church costs you nothing. And I saw that my grandparents became wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. And the more they had, the more they gave away. And they gave to so many charities, so many charities. You know, they they probably tithed twenty five percent or something like that. And um, and they just kept getting more and more money. They really did. And um, and even when they uh, decided to uh, move out of their um, their home that they had lived in for probably 40 years and uh, to move to be nearer to other, my grandmother's sister, they gave their house to uh, a home for um, people who were disabled because the house had a lot of amenities, really nice amenities, and it was had a really good setup for a group home. They gave their home away. How beautiful is that? And, but they wanted to, to support the organizations in the community that they've been supporting their whole life. It's very important to them. And so they taught me so much about abundance and prosperity. And some people would teach about tithing that you give in order to get. But the teaching in the Bible is that you really, you give because you've already been given. And you want to keep that flow going and support what is already supporting you. So you could think about it in terms of to have, give all to all, that God has infinite patience for us and non-judgment for us. Well, that's already been given to us. Let us pay it forward. God has already given us wisdom and freedom and joy and beauty and truth and wholeness. Let's pay it forward and see it in our brothers and sisters. So there might be somebody in your life that you're looking at and you're judging uh, and you're thinking, or you're worrying about them, which of course is a form of judgment. And you're thinking, I don't know that they have what it takes. I'm worried about them. That's not helpful to them. And those kinds of judgments are going to block the flow of prosperity and abundance in your life. Because abundance and prosperity are spiritual qualities that when we're in alignment with them, we will experience the manifestation of abundance and prosperity. It just naturally happens. Just like if we're focused on lack and limitation, we're going to naturally experience more lack and limitation in the physical realm, in the world of form. Because, as it says in the fear and conflict section in Chapter 2, all thought produces form at some level. What is form? Form is thought. Form is emotion. Form is what we experience in the physical realm, circumstances, situations, our experiences. So all thought produces form at some level. If your thought is of lack and limitation, it cannot produce a different kind of form. So if your motivation for investing in something is to somehow Prevent lack and limitation. Is your focus on lack and limitation? Yes, it is. If you're giving to get, is your focus on not having and trying to get? Is that limited thinking? Is that lack consciousness? Yes, it is. So you're always going to produce results according to the nature of the thought you're thinking. That's just how it goes. Ain't no other way for it to go. And that's this world of projection and perception. That's the what goes around, comes around. So, as Jesus tells us in the Course, you're far too tolerant of mind wandering. When our thoughts are of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, our mind is wandering. Let's go back to the God-thought system. And we can just do it simply by saying, Holy Spirit, help me now. Please take these thoughts out of my mind so I never think them again, and do the same for everyone else who has these thoughts. Let all thought minds be joined in love. One mind joined in love. That's our natural state. It works, it works. Another thought for you is everything you give, give it to God. Whether you give it to a person or anyone else, give it to God. And everything you receive, whether you receive it from a person or an institution, receive it from God. Because God is all that there is. When you're only giving to God and only receiving to God, there's no score. It's always perfect love all the time. Well it's time for me to wrap up here Uh, let me mention to you that I record a new prayer every day and I publish it on my daily spiritual espresso and you can receive an email notification along with some inspired writing every day it's a part of a daily spiritual practice we've got thousands of people all over the world participating together and we're prayer partners together because we're praying the same prayer that I record afresh every day it's all free at jenniferhadley.com. There's also on the homepage of Jennifer Hadley my free forgiveness workshop. It's called How to Get Over It. And I invite you to take a look at that and share it with friends. And all the other free stuff and all the wonderful events in England and Thailand and North Carolina, they're all listed on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. While you're at jenniferhadley.com or at com where you can get the app for your phone, the Course of Miracles app—it's totally free for iPhones and iPads uh, and uh, all many other study group support resources. All these resources, so much for free, at jenniferhadley.com and com. Plus, we're working on the transcripts of all the radio shows, so many projects to bring more free things. You can support all of it with a donation to the Power of Love Ministry at com or jenniferhadley.com. Much appreciated. So we take a breath of love and gratitude with our hand on our heart, and we give thanks that love is all that there is and all that we are. We partner up once again with the Holy Spirit to remember that our true identity is perfect love, It always has been and it always will be. It is our natural state to be prosperous and abundant. We're choosing to give all to all because we've already been given everything. We are happy to share, grateful to share. In gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity, our life of love with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow the healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.